drink it in, man. Touchdown, Detroit Lions! Cornbread! 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 Drink it in, man. Touchdown, Detroit Lions! Touch, touch, touchdown, Detroit Lions! Detroit Kool-Aid. Detroit Kool-Aid. Drinkers, drink it in, everybody. Drink it in, man. Buy the cornbread. Cornbread. Make it a double. Cornbread. I am back. I'm your host, Eric Oakry, right here on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. And, uh, gosh, man, last week, my buddy Chops, a.k.a. at Chops in the D on Twitter, he had to step in. I told him life was crazy, wasn't feeling that good. He went solo. And he killed it. He had a great show. People were loving it. So uh, appreciate that. I knew he'd uh, do a great job and uh, got all types of Lions hype, serving up Kool-Aid left and right. So feeling good about that. And on today's show, normally when this guy comes on, I try to do my best to make him laugh. I usually try to hold him to the fire so he has to choose between one thing or the other. I try to tell him I'm just going to play it easy and then I play a bunch of sound bites and get all crazy. Today... I've got the one and only, the man, Logan Lamarandier from Sports Illustrated All Lions on the show. I thought we'd just finish up the season, talk a little Lions football, talk about the offseason, talk about all the excitement that's ahead. So, Logan, how you doing, man? You're back. You ready to talk some ball? Oh, yeah. I'm doing great. You know, the, the way the season ended was a lot of fun. And I know it could have been better if they were in the playoffs, but at the end of the day, I was just super happy with how everything turned out, the direction of the team. So it was a win in Lambeau. Yeah, that was a great way to go out. There's no doubt about it, man. Like you say, me and you were both uh, got a lot going on, um, busy left and right, but you made time to uh, come on the podcast here. We're both feeling a little bit low key, so I might get riled up. I might play a sound bit here or there. I can't, I can't confirm or deny. I can't guarantee, but uh, I thought we'd just lay back a little bit, talk some football, and uh, have some fun with that. So you kind of got right into it, man. I, I one of the first things I had uh, on my brain is kind of this Lions pride, man. I was really, really proud of how this team played for the whole back half of the season, not just for a couple games here or there. Um, the win in Lambeau with, no, quote-unquote, nothing to play for, yet they played tough in that football game. They won that football game. I mean, I, I just think this is a team that – Everybody can be proud of. I mean, you see the hashtag one pride out there, but I feel like this whole season was something to build off and just a team that after we got off that to that rough start um, was really proud to watch and proud to root for every week. I mean, I just think there's a really strong future ahead. And I also think there's some alphas and some moxie from the leadership, Dan freaky Campbell, Brad Holmes, and many others in this organization. So real excited. Are you on that same wavelength there? 100%. It's just how they finished off the year. I, I was thinking maybe 
you know, when that the wind started rolling in, maybe it was just a fluke. But at the end of the year, I was a firm believer that was no fluke. All the young players that uh, Brad Holmes had drafted and uh, not all these, not only all these rookies, but even second year players, all these free agents who weren't big signings, weren't household names that Holmes also brought in were stepping up. And I, I think it's something to do with the culture. It has to be the culture because these guys are just playing great football, the best footballs of their careers. And these rookies are developing and they're developing quickly. And so to have all these, these younger players and you only going to get another big loaded draft class with more young talent, uh, it just, you can see the future of this team and where is it, where is it going? And that's the most exciting part is that it's, it's not like the lions backed in to nine wins or, it uh, started off hot and then kind of faded at the end of the season. I think they were just starting to find their groove at the end of the year. And to go into Green Bay, when Green Bay has everything to play for, and you necessarily – I'm not, I'm not going to say you have nothing to play for as the Lions because you could tell even with all the guys being mic'd up after the game and just um, listening to the sound bites of the game, those guys wanted to win so bad. And I don't think every team has that in the final week of the season when they're out of the playoffs. So I think that says a lot. Uh, about those players and what type of personalities they have. It's a testament to the coaching staff to getting them fired up. You see all the players that are wanting to come back to the Lions who are free agents in this upcoming offseason. I just think what they have going on is really set up for future success and the expectations are going to increase next year. You know, nine wins is not going to be considered good next year. Everyone's talking about how <laughs> nine and eight is such a <laughs> mediocre record. Well, it is. But when the expectations, my expectations at least, were six or seven wins, and it looked like it was going to be worse than that to start the season, and then you end up with an eight and two stretch. Now it's it's difficult to translate that sometimes into the next year, but at the same time, uh, you look at the NFC North, and it's just like it's it's ripe for the taking right now. So I I can't wait until next season. It is not. I haven't had this feeling in a long time after a Lions season. The last five years, I've just been ready for the season to be over almost. <laughs> just get into free agency, get into the draft. But this year, I, I did not want the season to end. And I am I think I'm most bummed out too, just because I felt like the Lions could have done something in the playoffs if they were to make it. So overall, me just rambling, I couldn't be more proud of this team, how they turn things around and more excited for what they have in the future. Exactly, man. I think I shot you a text, kind of raised the season, and then that was what you told me. You were kind of like, I cannot win, wait till next year. You know, let's get it going right now. And I mean, Lions fans can obviously be disappointed just missing out on the playoffs, as well as, yeah, we might have been able to do some damage, but I mean, eight and two is no joke. There, there's not many teams in this up and down NFL league that can rip off eight wins out of 10 games. So that was really fun to watch. The other thing I want to throw at you quickly that was really prominent to me in regards to this whole Lions pride and the new regime and the moxie I talked about is didn't you get a feeling that even though he may struggle with some management in game and this and that, like, I feel like Dan Campbell, Dan freaking Campbell this guy is not scared of anything. This guy loves the big moment. He kept talking about how excited he was to go to Green Bay, play under the lights, how his team deserves prime time. This is what you play for. Like, And it didn't feel like coach speak to me. It didn't feel like somebody that was drumming it up just for the heck of it. Like, 
I think this guy loves the big moment. He loves intensity. He loves competition. And he is not scared of anything. And that's anti-SOL for anybody that's out there listening that still wants to bring up those letters, man. This is brand new Lions led by a guy that wants the biggest moments on the biggest stage for a team that he believes in at the highest level. Yeah, and you look at so many so many different points in all these games that they won. You know, there was a bunch of different times where, you know, something bad happened and the Lions, maybe the same old Lions, wouldn't be able to overcome them or it would start the <laughs> downward spiral where they just, they couldn't get back on track and they ended up losing the game. And there were so many times where things weren't always going the Lions' way and they were still finding ways to win. In the Carolina game, it, it was one game where they really had a slip up. And But this is the NFL. It's not easy to win every week in the NFL. If you played a perfect game every week, then it's not possible. You can't do it. And when you talk about the game management, I know a lot has talked about how Dan Campbell needs to improve. And yeah, he can improve. But you look around the league and there, there's always mismanagement or there's things that coaches would like to have back. When you're in the moment and you're not just watching from your couch on the TV right. and you know scrolling through Twitter and getting all <laughs> this different insight from different people, when you're on the national stage as a head coach and you do have guys in your headset, it's not easy to do what they do, but no one is, is perfect. And I just mentioned it. If, if something's perfect in the NFL, then you're going to win every game. But that's just it's not a reality. So I, I, I would like Dan Campbell to get better at certain things, and I think he is improving. But there was so many times when the Lions could have lost games if one or two things didn't go their way, and they found a way to overcome them or make the big play when they needed to. And they, kept, they played clean. You know, look at Goff. He, he played clean, didn't throw a pick the last nine games. I just think the Lions were playing really good football. We're no question about it. That leads me, let's just keep this thing rolling. We got so much to talk about, and you know me and Logan. Uh, we love to do a jam-packed pod when he comes on and, and talk about as much as we can here when we start talking Lions ball together. So kind of leads me into my next point, man. Dan Campbell and Ben Johnson, just the combo also in regards to their play calling. Um, let me start out with this. I felt like throughout the year when they were pulling off some of these crazy plays, maybe even a trick play here or there, just aggressiveness that they had. These weren't flukes, man. These weren't like, oh, let's just try that and see what happens. These were calculated moves. These were these were tape studies. These were, we know what you're doing. You can't figure what we're about to bring at you, and it's going to work against your defense. I thought that was a whole new thing, too, that I hadn't felt with this team. Even before when they pulled off a few things here or there, you kind of felt they were more fleeting. These were... These were just we're outworking you. We're we're you know people try to act like Dan Campbell's just kind of you know rah rah guy. I feel like this guy is on all the X's and O's, crossing his T's, dotting his eyes in the film room, talking to all his coaches, doing his thing. So to me, these weren't these weren't gambles just to gamble. I mean, it it was a you know just a, a nice approach by the team. And and you said they played clean. They played clean while being aggressive, while being calculated, cold, and aggressive throughout the season. And I absolutely love to see that. What about you? It was. And trick plays don't always work. And I felt like the Lions trick plays worked more than they didn't. And if the trick plays didn't work sometimes, especially on special teams, those trick plays, they don't work. You're really putting your team in a bad position. 
but they worked more often than not. And that's uh, even on offense, all the little gadget plays that they had. It's not like they just were running them uh, out of the blue. I, I think you were kind of talking to that point as well, where they were setting these plays up. They were, yeah. they knew the other teams were doing their homework on certain formations or, uh, you know, like the Penny Sewell fourth down catch uh, to convert the third, or uh, yeah, to kind of, um, you know, win that game. They had ran a play previously that had Sewell running in motion and lined up as a tight end. And the type of plays they were doing, uh, those trick plays, they just, they worked for a reason. And it was a lot because of the setup. And I think the coaching staff knew what they were doing. So I, I do give a lot of credit, uh, those plays. Uh, and I feel like the entire offense was like that. Uh, they were, they were calculated in how they moved the ball and they were aggressive enough and they still took their deep shots and they had a lot of big gains. And, but yet at the end of the day, they wanted to be able to run the ball down your throats. And even though the Lions struggled a little bit towards the end of the year to run the ball, I still think the biggest uh, indicator if you're a good running team or not, is if you can run the ball when the other team knows you're going to run the ball. And that's typically in those four minute situations when you have to get first downs and run off the clock. And the Lions did that perfect example was green Bay and then love the aggressiveness on fourth down uh, passing it to shark. And again, they, the coaches mentioned after the game where they felt like they kind of knew what the defense they were going to be in and they dialed up the right play and it worked and it closed out the game. So I couldn't give it Ben Johnson. There's a reason he's getting all these head coaching calls and is a favorite to be a head coach because what he did with this offense was truly special. And I I just hope he's back again next year. Um, But if you think about it last year, Dan Campbell was technically the one calling plays with, with Ben Johnson helping out and the offense looked just fine. So I would hope that we can continue doing what Ben Johnson's doing. If he is, even if he were, were to leave, but, that that combo they deserve a lot of credit this offense maybe doesn't have any like star power on it or uh big household names and um they still put together just a great offense and really was the strength of their team and the defense started playing well towards the end of the year just complimentary football and that's a recipe for success I felt this was the year, you know, those assistant coaches, those former players, and, and just guys that love ball really showed up in that regard, um, as you kind of hit on. Now, I said I was going to take it easy on the gimmicks, this and that, and, and I will. We've, 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 we've had a straight football show, which we rarely do here on the Kool-Aid cast, but um, always good. But I want to run this by you. What do you like better, Dan Gamble or Campbell's Gamble's? If we're going to go with a, <laughs> uh, a nickname for some of these uh, rolling of the dice by the head coach. I like Dan Gamble. It just <laughs> rolls off the tongue. Exactly. <laughs> Danny Gamble. Uh, I, I think that's funny as well. So we'll have to mix that in at some point. Now you kind of hit on it right at the end. I did want to ask you uh, what kind of rumor innuendo are you hearing? What are you believing in regards to Ben Johnson? Um, you think he'll be a head coach where, and, and do you also think that, the team will be okay. I mean, I think you kind of hinted that, yeah, Dan Campbell was the one calling plays last year when we started to get this rolling. So you're not starting from scratch. And, uh, I mean, this guy's only done it for one year. So I love his mentality. I love the coach. But I feel like this might be a scenario where they can uh, roll somebody else in and be okay. But, you know, I, w- I wouldn't call Ben Johnson a locked-in head coach like I'm hearing uh, out there on the scuttlebutt here. I would say that that's still TBD if you ask me. Yeah, I 
you know, truthfully, I think he's getting a little bit more hype than I thought he was going to get. But there's yeah. good reason for that because the NFL is just infatuated with these young offensive minded coaches. But you look at the resume and when you're only been calling a plays for one year, it is a bit of a risk to go after the guy. But if he's the next, you know, great young head coach, that's what every team wants. Mm-hmm. So I, I understand why he's getting a lot of, um, you know, just excitement from other teams about possibly being their head coach. But I don't think it's a for sure thing, but I definitely would give it a bigger possibility than I thought it was just a few weeks ago when before all this head coaching hiring searches started happening. Yeah, the, the biggest thing I've heard is, you know, the leader at Carolina. I also saw a couple things come out saying that you know, there were you know, whispers behind the scenes that he was going to turn down, you know, some opportunities to stay in Detroit for another year. I mean, gosh, the continuity sure would be nice. But I guess I, I proclaimed a while back that I didn't think he'd get a head coach opportunity i'm not really surprised at the interviews there's a big difference between the two um i'd really like it if he falls kind of just short or decides to stay gets another year under his belt we keep this core nucleus together and then if he wants to shove off next year i'd be totally cool with that and from his standpoint you know it's i imagine it's tough to turn down a head coaching offer because you you never know what next year is going to have in store mm-hmm. uh, for him and he, he wouldn't imagine it it would take him out of the runnings next year for a head coach if he had a bad year. But I, I don't know if he can, his name could be any hotter than it is right now. And sometimes you have to jump at that on those opportunities. So I, in, in my mind, I would love to think that he would want to stay in Detroit and finish kind of what he started. But at the same time, I couldn't blame him one bit if he got an opportunity and he said, you know, I have to take this because it might not happen again. And uh, there's only 32 of these spots in the NFL. It's, it's really tough to be a NFL head coach. And, <laughs> you know, it's, it's all about what's best for him. Everybody out there listening, I know we've got some new listeners to the show. Again, we had Chops doing solo last week. You've got me and Logan doing more of a football show. If you want to laugh and hear some hilarity, go back in our archives and hear some of the crazy shows we've done over what, gosh, it's going on probably three, four plus years of doing the pod here. But if you're a new listener, that's the classic Logan Rammer and Deer, 50% of this, 50% of that. He ends up kind of in the <laughs> middle where he's unsure about Ben Johnson. Logan, let me tell you this before we roll into our next topic the reason the the way ben johnson's name can get hot or the way he can be more um of a hot commodity next season is he comes back to the lions he takes what he did this year he expounds upon it jared goff plays even better chops his boy you you accentuate all these playmakers you'll have at his disposal you can build off what you did you can win more football games you can win the division you can win a playoff game or two or three and then you're even more valuable that's how you do it <laughs> well the thing is even if it becomes more valuable he's still going to get the same position and it's not like head coaching vacancies those teams aren't good <laughs> typically you're never going to be put in a great spot you're going to be brought in to to build a new team but you never know it's Again, it's the same position he'd be fighting for this year as he would next year, even if he became a hotter name. 
but he's he's more valuable when the check clears if he does even better or he gets a better <laughs> opportunity meaning he doesn't have to take a garbage team maybe some uh, decent team a halfway decent team gets rid of his coach and he can slide right in there a better situation which uh, is important as well so um, we'll see what happens I'm I'm saying that it's going to come close but I think he's going to stay in Detroit Logan Lamarandier's 50-50 and a lot of the SOL negative people out there are thinking he's gone and that our whole franchise is going to fall apart because Ben Johnson is, is not going to be here. So that that's kind of where we're at with that. Logan, let, let me do this before we get to our commercial break. Uh, we, we Between me and you, we've done solid here. We're only at about 20-some minutes here in the first half of the show. Normally, we're about 30 or 40 before we get to our great ad sponsors here on the show. But I thought I'd tell the people about some of the key dates coming up in the NFL because we are in the offseason for the Lions. Obviously, there's playoff football going on. And then there'll be the Super Bowl and and some, you know, flag football bonanza called the uh, Pro Bowl, I guess now, which as stupid as it sounds with all the gimmicks is actually going to be better than the ridiculous game they used to always try to halfway play. Um, These are the ones that are important to the listeners of this show and Detroit Lions fans. March 13th through 15th negotiating free agent period begins actually even before that do you do you know the uh senior bowl off the top of your head i know that's uh right around oh uh, no time. i haven't i started my draft started my draft prep a lot later than normal <laughs> logan you got to get on it because i've been i'm on about 18 tabs now on the okra sheet i'm rolling with that but i do not have the free uh senior bowl date in front of me that's going to be right around super bowls so you got to hit that March 13th to 15th, you can negotiate with free agents. March 15th, free agent starts. Uh, April 17th, OTAs can start for Detroit uh, that has a returning head coach. Logan, April 27th through the 29th, the 2023 NFL Draft in Kansas City. in some time in May, that schedule will be released so we can see. We already know who we're playing. I was one of the first to put out all the different opponents home and away. We got those in front of us, but we'll know when. We'll know where. July, Logan Lamrandier training camp begins, and boom, before you know it, it'll be September and football's back. Did I got you excited yet? Yeah, September seems like such a long ways away, but <laughs> you know it'll be here before you know it, which is the crazy part. And there's going to be so many exciting elements that I just read off. I mean, we have some free agent money, um, chops, let the people know that Detroit's going to be a destination. We've got two firsts, two seconds, multiple of the draft picks in this draft to play with. Um, not to mention the number sixth overall pick, thanks to the L.A. Rams and the Matt Stafford trade. Um, pick 18 as well so for all you people doing mock drafts uh, be sure to send those to at Derek Oakery and tag L Lamarandier as well um, so it, it's going to be a huge off season and that's why it's going to fly by Logan because we got so much hype plus all that plus um, that's just going to move it along and then training camp will be here so I'm excited about it I know everyone's going to be really plugged into this free agent period and the draft especially I'm doing my homework right now on senior bowl so I will have some shows on that so you guys can get excited about that and know who to look for but uh, Logan I think it's about that time man get our great sponsors here on the show in before I do that uh, you got anything rolling on Sports Illustrated, all lines, any podcasts, any radio appearances, any, uh, you know, places where you're just out and about talking Lions ball other here than here on the pod that you want to throw out? Well, I've been 
it's been a little lighter for me lately, but SI Alliance is always, they're just cranking out material left and right. And it's always good topics and get great fan engagement. And it's, it's a lot of fun. Um, me personally, I, I'm still going to start doing all this draft homework that I'm, I'm behind on and uh, really start diving into that. So that's, that's what I'm going to be start doing, start getting this look at the end of the year stats and dive into some things. But yeah, unfortunately, you know, we, we talked about how busy we are. I haven't been able to do <laughs> quite as many things as I have done in the past. Definitely. Well, everybody go give Logan a follow at L Lamarandier on Twitter and different socials. He will be putting out stats. He will be giving you great draft takes. We will have him back on around that time for me and him to battle out about players, who the Lions should take, why they should take him, all the react after it happens. So let's get our great sponsors here in the pod and we come back. Gosh, I want to talk to Logan Lamarandier about the foundation of this Lions team. Um, you know, might might talk about some off-season decisions that need to be made. Just hype up some more about how excited we are about the Detroit Lions heading into 2023 and beyond. Everybody, we'll be right back. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. All right, everybody. This goes out to my fantasy football fans out there. Now, you probably heard about Reality Sports Online, the most powerful fantasy sports platform where owners can build and manage their fantasy team like a real NFL general manager. But the question is, have you tried it? I mean, we're talking free agency, multi-year contracts, rookie drafts, multi-team trades. You could put franchise tags on guys. Uh, it's as close as you're going to get to being an NFL GM. But do you think it sounds complicated? It's not. I'm here to tell you it's the best thing about Reality Sports Online is it's just more fun than your normal fantasy league, but it doesn't take barely any more time. After all this, are you still not sure? I mean, come on now. You can test your general manager skills by going over to Reality Sports Online, call it RSO. Please go check out realitysportsonline.com right now. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. All right, Kool-Aid drinkers, we're back from the break. As I always say, I can't thank you enough for listening to the pod, sharing the pod, Making me laugh on Twitter. You guys can find me at Derek Okri. That's spelled D-E-R-E-K-O-K-R-I-E. Always talking Lions football, fantasy football, Michigan Wolverines. Uh, as Whenever I can, as much as I can. And you guys, when you do the Detroit Kool-Aid cast gimmicks, 
in your tweets or things that you send me that always makes me laugh because we do the show for the people and the people consist of the millions <laughs> you kool-aid drinkers are really coming out in force as you have been all year but we also now have the bandwagon fan the people that hated on the lions that now love the lions which makes me laugh too so logan we had a good first segment man we got into a lot of stuff back half of the show i want to talk about the detroit lions foundation and i wrote down some names here of guys that i feel like i feel like these are the meat and potatoes of this football team these are the guys that are the heartbeat you want to hear some of these names that i think that this you know interior of this team on both sides of the defensive and offensive lines as well as some of the big nasties are that are going to uh be dominant here in Detroit for years to come. Yeah, I got a good feeling who I know who they are, but let's see. Let's hear them. Let's talk about a few. Let's start with this guy. Unleash Hutch. (laughs) Aiden Hutchinson, the number two pick, had a great rookie year. He's a football player. He had production. He's great on the microphone. He loves the team, loves the city. The city loves him. You got to love him. Next up, Big Mac. A.K.A. Honey Bun, A.K.A. Twinkle Toes, A.K.A. Plump, A.K.A. Aleem the Dream. I feel like he really came on this season. Yes, he's a nose tackle. Yes, he's not going to get you double-digit sacks. He started to push the pocket. He started to get TFLs, started to play better football. He's a big, nasty, strong football player in the middle of our defense. How about this guy? A second-round pick, Josh Pascal. This guy, every time I see him, all I would look at the TV and go, that's a thick dude right there. (laughs) You'd see him playing edge, and he just looks like a big old defensive tackle. I mean, it's a big, thick football player. Love what he brings. I don't know if you've heard of this guy, Logan Lamarandier, but his name is Penne Sewell. Probably the most nasty offensive tackle, whether it be left or right side, maybe in the whole league. You also got this guy in the middle named Frank Ragnow, who's multi-time pro bowler, all-pro, whatever you want to call him. He's rock solid. I hope that he gets his toes fixed in the offseason so we don't run into that issue. But that's my only issue with him. Other than his toe, I got no problems with this guy. He's a great football player. He's paid. He's going to be here for a long time, and he does great things in the middle of the offensive line. Really love how Jonah's coming along when you talk about nasty, when you talk about push, when you talk about dominance here in Detroit. Jonah Jackson is a nasty physical football player as me and you said on a previous draft show we talked all about him you got tracy coming back who i think is the heartbeat of this defense you got my boy jury j-u-u-u-r-r-y-y-y jury jacobs out there telling people don't throw at me you can't see me i'm gonna go come get you i love his mentality what about curb J Curb 25, dropping curb stomps on Smug, picking the football off. Love what he brings both on and off the field. You've got another guy that has a sound drop on this show. You guys know what it is. Rodrigo. (laughs) He showed out. Fun player, fun linebacker. You got my boy Isaiah Bugs. Let's sign him back. He wears the biggest elbow guard in the league. He's a big player himself. Loved what he did in the middle of the defense. And you got John Kaminsky who just showed up and made plays all day, every day. Logan, I'm out of breath. Did I miss anybody? Or are those big, nasty football players and heartbeats of this team that are going to be good for years to come? 
Yeah. Are you talking, I mean, Amon Rossi Brown, or are you just going with the linemen, like uh, front seven type of guys? Well, you mentioned Tracy. So, yeah, I would say Amon Rossi Brown definitely hey, is in that conversation. You're jumping <laughs> to my other segments because I agree. Oh. My, my next segment is about more dynamic football players that I left off that list. Tracy and Jury and Curb and Rod, those are heartbeat players. Those are the Those are the nasty core that I'm talking about. That's all I'm talking about right now. Oh yeah, no, you you got all the core guys for sure, and you mentioned a few pending free agents, John Kaminsky, who apparently really wants to come back, and I'd love to have him back too. Uh, and same with Isaiah Bugs, because the way they turned it around at the end of the year, I think they were a big reason for the turnaround. They're playing well and playing a lot, and um, but yeah, the the secondary, um, you know, I'd even put Deshaun Elliott in there. I think he. He played really well, and again, he's another one of those free agents that he didn't wasn't all that expensive to bring in, and maybe he now is going to get a pay increase with what he did. But if not, I'd love to have him back, and with him and Tracy back there, Kirby Joseph, uh, all all three of those guys, that would be one solid rotation that I'd be very happy with going forward. And um, yeah, I think outside of that, you hit on. Just about everyone, Jamal Williams, another free agent. Uh, we'll, we'll see what happens with that. Logan, I've got my breath back. My next group of players, <laughs> the ballers, the guys that put points on the scoreboard, the freaks, the guys that do things that are, you just can't teach, you can't coach. Let's start with a football player everyone loves on this team. You brought him up, A-R-S-B, A-K-A. Amon Ra, St. Brown. <laughs> like, love what he does. Love what he's doing on this team. Anybody heard of this guy? Hashtag JMO Fast. You ever been sitting there on the highway and a car's going 30 miles faster than every other car? And you're like, man, that car is going hashtag JMO Fast. That's ridiculous because I know <laughs> I have. H- have you Have you ever been watching our defense and say, man, Houston. He's a problem. Houston, we have a problem. Because <laughs> I know I have. He's bends like Gumby. He gets sacks every game like it's nothing. James Houston. How, how, how about how about this guy? DeAndre Swift. We all know you're not a fan. He can't do this. He can't do that. You know what he can do? He can catch the football. He can get upfield when he gets those legs going. He can make people miss. I love what he does. I like to get him more involved. You also mentioned swag, Jamal Williams. Yes, he's a meat and potatoes, nasty player, but I put him on this list because he had a thousand <laughs> and 15, 16, 17, however many touchdowns that break Barry Sanders' record. I also have Jared Goff on this list, who's shown himself to be. QB1, <laughs> he's taking priorities off my draft list for how well he played, how much he seems to love it here, and his teammates love him. Logan, those are a few of my players that put up points, that are talented, that are guys that are just exciting, that are here and could be here for multiple seasons, that are problems for defenses and offenses of other teams. What do you think? Oh, yeah, no. And Swift, he is definitely an electric player. Um, I would, I'd love to see him used a little bit more, but you know, dealing with the injuries as he did this year, that was, I think, it limited him a little bit. But Jamal Williams did just fine, and always 
just did what fine. he needed to do and just scores touchdowns. Is what he, he did. Does. Be- he did better and, than just uh, fine. Jared Goff. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm definitely at the point where I don't care. I I don't think the Lions <laughs> need to draft the quarterback in the first round next year. Give Goff another go. Let him have more talent. Uh, start the defense. Inject a little bit more in talent there, and really. I think the offense can just continue what they're doing. The offense doesn't need much work. There's there's not much they need uh, to to get better. I mean, if you wanted to have a better quarterback, but Brad Holmes even said that uh, at one of his pressers where it's a lot easier to, to basically get worse at quarterback in the draft than it is to get better. And you know what Jared Goff is. And if this is the new Jared Goff that can hold on to the ball and not throw interceptions and not hold under the pressure and put the ball where it needs to be, uh, that that'll do just fine. So, um, I really, I really like that core players. Yeah, you just mentioned it's it's a good group. And again, it's not like they're they're huge names, but they will be if this team starts uh, next year, where they started off at the end of this year, and start racking up some wins. That people will start to take notice. Just give me that Kool Aid. I I tried to break in on you because you sold Jamal Shore. You said he did high. He did okay. Logan Lamrand here. <laughs> I have exclusive audio from Jamal here of what he did to other teams and what he had to say to him. They can't handle me. They ain't tough enough yet. <laughs> I, he, he thinks that he scored 1,015 plus touchdowns breaking a record. I mean, he brought defenses down to their knees, buddy. I put him down to his knees, buddy. <laughs> and, and you also mentioned Jared Goff. Oh, he's okay. I mean, I guess we don't have to replace him. Now, Chops is on the golf train. <laughs> Brad Holmes is on the golf train. Every other bandwagon fan that I know is on the golf train. But, Logan, as far as I know, Chops has said that me and, unfortunately, you are now not allowed on. You don't get to join the <laughs> golf train. You're off, bro. You're off. Hold on, I had a stone cold interruption there in my in my drop. Let's go with the long version. Let's go with the bula bula version. We need to find a way on this golf train, local name Randier. I don't want your bula bula support when it comes to Jared Goff. You don't get to join the golf train. You're off, bro. You're off. Uh, we, we're going to find a way on that train. Now, I, I left one name off there in particular that I want to get your take on before we roll into our next segment here on the on the pod. Mr. Okuda. <laughs> now, the reason I want you to talk about him is because he went from he's a bust, he can't play, he's always hurt, he can't cover, to he's incredible. Look at this guy. He's shutting down Justin Jefferson like we have ourselves a CB1. He's untouchable. He's a he's a, he's a foundation piece to, oh, he can't cover again. He's getting hurt. He's just not out there. He's sick. And then... By the end of the year, he's kind of hurt. Maybe he's not inactive. People are like, don't want to pay him. They don't want to pick up the fifth year. Where are you at with Jeff Okuda, Mister Okuda? Uh I, I don't know. The end of the year was kind of <laughs> kind of weird. Basically, getting benched and um, yeah, he he had a few games where he started to struggle, and even his biggest strength, which was tackling and the run defense, uh, even that was becoming concerned. So I, I don't know where the coaching staff is at with him. I still think he's fine. You know, maybe he's not going to be a shutdown corner, but it's really tough to be a shutdown corner in the NFL. You still need solid, solid corners. And I think Akuda is that uh, you, you would like to see him get a, maybe a little bit more hands on some passes and 
but I, it, he has a difficult task every week. So, in a, in a weird way, I, I felt like he did his best work when he was close to the ball, maybe not all, you know, on the outside all the time, but um, I, I just really don't know where I'm at with him. I, I want to say that you can rely on him to be, you know, your top guy next year, but at the end of the day, I think the Lions should draft uh, some corners, probably in the eight corner in the first round, because there's quite a few of them that I think will be on the board for them, either at six or their second selection. They have another, um, you know, they have a lot of mid-round picks. So I think it's just going to be a battle. And I, I think he'll rise to the occasion. And it's not like it's easy to come back uh, from an Achilles like he did this year. So you, you hope he continues to improve. And maybe there's some mental mistakes that were happening uh, as well. Just with the Lions having him sit the bench for a few. Uh, I feel like a lot of times if you get in the doghouse like that, it's usually because you're doing something you're not supposed to. And I, I didn't necessarily see one, one or two two things in particular that, you know, maybe he wasn't going with the scheme or something, but yeah, he just, he had his struggles and he had his ups and downs, but uh, I, I still think that he can be a good corner, but it did shake my confidence a little bit towards the end of the year. Everyone listening, we have come back to the middle. <laughs> Logan started the take <laughs> with, I think he's going to be okay. He then went to the other side, which was all the struggles he had. He ended up back with, I think he'll be okay, but I'm unsure. <laughs> oh, it's, it's, it's incredible. I, I lean more Jeff towards... Jeff is going to be an all-pro next year. There you go. <laughs> is that the take you wanted? <laughs> I mean, something a little bit stronger would be good, but uh, no, you, you laid out all the good content. I guess for me, it's just, I'm on the page of, I'm not putting this guy in the hall of fame. I'm not, you know, saying he's locked down as you noted, but I'm, I'm with your, he's fine comment. He's young. He's physical. He's back from an injury. Now he overall for most of the year, I felt was a good plus player for us. Of course he had his moments so i i think this is a guy that you can scratch in there at, at cb12 whatever you want to call him and roll him back out in 2023 and yeah when the price tag gets up where it's going to be you know 10 plus million or if he's not living up to that dollar amount you can let him go great but he's not there in the contract yet and you know whatever they want to do with the fifth year option is is not a big deal to me either way but I still think he's a plus player for this team and you, you can't have a, you can't give up on a guy just due to based on injury and you also can't go ride the roller coaster with him. You know, I still almost don't know what he is, but I know that it was better having him than not having him is kind of where I'm at. So, um I'm good with him. Uh do you have a quick take? Quick take on your favorite corner at this point? There like you said there are multiple cuz I have a take. Um I've started to, so I think the last show we did, I don't know if I even mentioned Christian Gonzalez and he's definitely been put on my radar. And it, again, he's another guy who looks like he has everything. So I know he's been sneaking up draft boards. So again, got to do my homework on all these guys, but there's a lot of big, fast corners that are coming into this draft. And I, I think you can probably get the best one at six or at 18. You know, there's still probably going to be a really, good one available. So, um, I, I really have to wait to the comp. I think corner, the combine is very important for a corner. Cause if you're going to be taking one in the first round, you want to make sure they check all the boxes. And if anyone knows anything about Logan Lamarandier from sports illustrated, all lions, when he says, check the boxes, that means height. 
That means weight. That means speed. That means agilities. That means the old shuttle run, whatever they do. Logan, can we add a couple boxes to your list this year? Can we add character? Can we add love for football? Can, can we love? Can we add intangibles? <laughs> Please, I've been begging you for a couple years now because my guy right now is also Christian Gonzalez. Turn on his film er, highlights and watch this guy run with fluidity. He gets after the football. He'll come up and hit you. He's long, about 6'2", 200-plus, whatever it is. Um, really liked what I saw. To me, six is too high, but he, he's my he's my favorite corner so far in the process. Obviously, that will change, but it will not change just because he runs fast and jumps high. I need to dig on <laughs> these players and see what they're all about. So, um, you know, the, lots of exciting things going on with this team when you talk about uh, the foundation, the skilled players. Logan, let's just end it with a couple broad strokes questions. I mean, are there any big cuts you see coming? Is there somebody that you got to keep, even if you got to overpay for him a little bit? You got a name at the top of your head in either of those categories? I think the easy cut is Michael Brockers. He was inactive for <laughs> most of the season. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, he carries a big price tag. And since they restructured his contract, yeah, there's going to be some dead cap, but he'll still save some money. And then Hal Vitae, I'm still, I still think he's overpaid for what he provides. And yeah, he was unfortunate he didn't play this year. Would have been nice to have him. But again, when he's making the money he is, he was paid to be a tackle. And when you turn that money into playing guard, all of a sudden he's getting top money for a guard. I just don't think he's there. And I think it's guard is one of those positions you can typically find in the middle rounds and start immediately. And you know, look at like Jonah Jackson. Um you know, Graham Glasgow, when he came to the league, there's, there's those type of mid round picks that I think you can find a way to save money on and, you know, not skip a beat. And I don't, I don't think by is that type of player that he's being paid to be. So those are my two cuts. Um, guys, you have to bring back. It all, it all goes down to price tag, but I, I'd really like to bring Isaiah Bugs back and John Kaminsky. I, I don't think they should be too expensive, but they were a vital part of the defensive turnaround. And you know what you got in them. They fit the scheme well. They do what they need to do in our scheme. But you should also probably inject, inject some talent, some youth at those positions as well, just for the future. But at least you're, you're going to need some veteran leadership as well. And those are the type of players that Kaminsky and Bugs are. Uh, and really, all the, the Lions have quite a few stars. Anzalone, I, I need to give that guy some credit because – uh, he did. I don't think he played well last year. This year, he played well above average. I'm not going to say great. He was good, though. And he made a lot of plays. Um, you know, his, his angles were better. I don't think he was missing as much tackles this year. He just really cleaned up a lot of his flaws. And he, he might not make the splashy plays that other linebackers in the league make, but he was really that rock uh, in the middle of the defense. So I'd, I'd be happy with bringing him back, too. But you just wonder these guys had better seasons. Are they going to get more money elsewhere? And how much is that going to cost? Cause I, I don't necessarily want to overpay for role players when you have all this draft talent coming in, younger players starting to step up. So the, those are my biggest three. I, I, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention Jamal Williams, you know, I'd like to have him back, but I, I have a difficult time paying running backs money. <laughs> and then uh, Deshaun Elliott too. He's, I think he's a guy who'd be great to have back, but, you have Tracy Walker come back and Kirby Joseph, the way he was playing. Um, 
you know, it's going to be a crowded room and you don't want to necessarily overpay uh, at a position where you already have a couple of really good players. Logan, I was going to put you to the fire and make you choose. I said I wouldn't do that on the show. I also said I wouldn't do a bunch of gimmicks. I've kind of broken some of these rules on the show. But Logan, I'm looking for the soundbite. I don't know if I can find it, but we have breaking news right here during the pod. Are you ready for this? Oh, boy. What is it? Ben Johnson informed interested teams he's staying in Detroit. <laughs> oh, let's That is from go. Tom Pelissero of the NFL Network. There you go. Oh, that is huge. <laughs> right? That is that big is time. That is huge. That is breaking right now. That's actually was texted to me too from our guy Brian Ives, who loves the Detroit Kool Aid. He's always drinking it oh, in. Oh so yeah, I guess I should have looked at my phone. Sent that over, <laughs> but uh, that is out from reputable sources. So I thought it hit you with that. Um, that is that is very good news for this football team. That's exciting. No, I can't. Man, no, that's that's big. And we were talking about on the podcast how big it would be if you'd come back, and it'll be interesting to hear his decision-making process and why I wanted to do that. Cause if he came back just cause he wanted to stay with the lions, Dan Campbell for president. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Dan freaking Campbell, everybody. Gosh, that, that feels like we just need to play the mix real quick out of respect. We're going to bite a kneecap off. We're going to smile at you. We're going to take your other kneecap. We're going to smile at you. And when we do, we're going to take another hunk out of you. We're going to be the last one standing. All right. That's going to be the mentality. Last one standing. That's the mentality. Ben Johnson loves that mentality. All right. We, we can't get sidetracked. We talked about him a lot earlier. That's exciting news. I, I want to hit real quick, broad strokes on free agency. Logan, I got to pin you down sometimes. So are there two positions, if you only could pick two, that you would highlight in regards to looking at players, maybe spending some of those big Logan Lamarandier dollars that, that you make? I mean, the uh, what two positions on either side of the football would you highlight? I think defensive interior, just, you know, Bugs and McNeil did a great job, but typically that's a, that's a rotational position where you, you need some depth and you need a little bit of versatility and just uh, guys who can do a little bit different things. And maybe with Levi, hopefully, you know, fingers crossed coming back next year. Um, it would be something that I think it'd just be helpful for the Lions to have some sort of, uh, defensive interior who can get to the quarterback and more, more of a gap shooter. So um, that's the first position. The second position, I would probably say, I, I think we mentioned earlier corner. Uh, you can improve that position or at least uh, with Amani probably being gone, uh, you're just going to need more corners and who knows how Akuda will perform next year. Jerry Jacobs. I, I like him. I don't know if he's ever going to be a, a lockdown type of guy. So defensive interior and cornerback would probably be my two biggest points right now. There you go. I'm sure too. Um, we could get into how you're going to supplement that in the draft. I actually had a JMO topic I want to get into. I may save that for a future show because we could talk about that anytime. But Logan, we've got at chops in the D sending out tweets left and right about this Ben Johnson news. It goes a little something like this. <laughs> There's also this hashtag that he keeps hitting it with and texting to me right now. Woo! Hashtag choppy liking. 
<laughs> people are going nuts. I know you probably have articles to read or articles to write, things to talk about, about this big Lions news that happened while we're recording. So let's just play this music as we get up out of here because it's time to celebrate. <laughs> Ben Johnson's coming back. <laughs> the Lions in 2023 are going to roll back with their squad, and they're going to try to win, as I said earlier, a division, a playoff game. Who knows? This team might make a run to the big one. This is going to be a really fun season for this team, for this podcast, for all the loyal, diehard Kool-Aid drinkers out there, man. I can't wait for it. It's time to celebrate right now, wouldn't you say, Logan? Oh, yeah. I'm celebrating already. (laughs) This is great. (laughs) Well, I'm celebrating, man, that you made time for the pod. We got into a lot of things, and uh, it is always fun to have you on, man. So I can't thank you enough. Of course. I always look forward to it. It's really, uh, you know, with our lives being so hectic, I I always love talking Lions and kind of, especially with you, man. You bring bring the good stuff. Me, I'm pretty dry, and (laughs) you always... (laughs) you always find a way to make things fun. So I enjoy it, man. Well, thank you, man. I try to do that. And it's a pleasure to have you on and all your great content that you bring. So everybody, it's time to celebrate. Ben Johnson's coming back. Everything's going down. Everything's going good for the Lions. Oh, baby. Oh, baby. And I'll catch you next week right here on the D. Troy Kool-Aid cast. Take care, everybody. We're out. Touchdown, Detroit Lions! Drink it in, man. Cornbread! Cornbread! Get in, man.